What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 91, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Ascension! 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 And, uh, friends, we're, we normally record on a Saturday morning, because we're old, and uh, we're currently recording on a Saturday evening, but we're not recording on a Saturday night. So, those of you who keep tabs of these things, every time that we start recording around midnight, we end up really having some slap-happy, uh stuff this will probably be one of the done more that for a long time it's been a while it's been actually wow it has anyway sorry i'm just having a pandemic because yes last time that happened you actually were here and we were yes. in person yes that was that wistfulness that you heard just a second ago of like you know yeah of like yeah it's been wow it's been a while um anyway uh so you know so if our energy is a little bit on the on the quieter side, friends, then, uh, then, then they, you know why. There you go. Indeed. But uh, yeah, we're an independent podcast. You can help keep this thing independent. We got this little Patreon gig going on over there. And uh, hey, uh, Zach, congratulations yes. to you and David for having episode one of The Other Side of the Gate posted yes. on there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Should I talk about that now or do you want me to wait? You can talk about it right now. It's fine. Okay. All right. So, so uh, David and I recorded our first podcast of The Other Side of the Gate. Uh, walking through the Stargate podcast, we did that on Thursday night, which is just a couple nights ago. Uh, we talked an awful lot about um, some redacted and some other redacted things, <laughs> and some more redacted things I was that are really integral to this season and how this season plays into the future of Stargate. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to know about what all of those redacted things are. Then yes. uh, join us on Patreon, and yes. you can get access to those podcasts right away. Yes. However, Brent. Yes. What if somebody is not able to join us on the Patreon for whatever reason? Have are they no, out of luck? They they are not out of luck. Have no fear, because though while the Patreon thing is a nice little way for folks to support the show and. Uh, Throw some dollars uh, our way so that uh, the computing device that Zach needed to get is offset by that thing. Thank you very much to all of you who continue to contribute. That is fantastic. Um, Those of you who can't or won't, uh, have no worries. We will put that content on our main feed. Um, Zach and I, we have not discussed exactly when we're going to do it. But the point is, is that we're not trying to be miserly. We're not trying to be all like, this is for the people that pay, so pay. No, we're not like that. Um, We do want to create something special for the folks that are supporting the show. So that's, that's what that is. So they get access to it like right now. Um, but, uh, if, uh, if you want to be patient, it will be on the main feed, uh, probably when we're like taking breaks or something, you know, like if we need to take a week off or something like that, then we might toss one of those things in there, um, on the main feed, but I minimally Brent, that this probably this first one, at least, um, I was talking with, with David and, and I'm thinking that this first one will probably come onto our feed in a couple of weeks time or so. Sure. Um, Yeah. Uh, to give you guys who aren't on Patreon a taste to, of what, what this is and what we're doing, what it's all about, and uh, yep. then, you know, yep. all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll figure it out. That's right. That's right. And uh, uh, I am extremely dependent on all of you who listen to let me know if there are any technical issues <laughs> because, because 
<laughs> David David sent me the file and I plopped it into Patreon and I threw the 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 art up and I walked away. <laughs> like even the description is me being like, I don't know. <laughs> like here, here's the thing they did. I think I made a joke about how it could be elevator music. I didn't know. Like Yeah. Um, so yeah. Brent, we'll probably have to talk, and and I'm sure it's really easy, but you'll have to walk me through how to post those onto oh gosh, the it is RSS very feed easy on Patreon. Yes, and um, and after so David is editing uh, those episodes for us uh, because he's way better at that than me. Um, you know, I'm I'm just a voice. That's really <laughs> <laughs> a voice crying in the desert. Sure. <laughs> It's a very cold desert right now. Make but. way, or no, make make straight. That's it. Make, make straight, straight the, the way of the of the podcasts. There you um, go. Um, yeah. So right, where can you find the podcast? Anywhere. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I guess Google still does podcasts anymore. I don't even know. So um, Google does do. They they moved it from Google Play to basically its own podcast aggregator. Okay. Um, sort of like what Apple did when they moved things from iTunes to the podcast. I see. Okay. Thing, okay. I think. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it's still there where you find it. Um, please let us know if something weird is happening and where you yes. get your podcast normally and it's not yes. getting it. So, um, yes. you know, if you let us know that something is a problem with that, then we know and we can do something about it. Correct. We don't know. We can't do anything about it. Yeah, and, and you know, y'all, y- y- y'all get this. Um, Zach and I. This is this is this is a delightful hobby. We are having a great time with it, but it is still a hobby. Um, the amount of like work that I put into this thing is very small compared to the amount of work that I put into my actual job. So, um, <laughs> so, so, rightly so. Any help you can provide? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, Zach! If somebody would like to let me know that there's a problem on the feed, uh, what is the best way that they could do that? So the best way to tell Brent that there's a problem with the feed is to actually post something on Twitter at Stargate Walking. That's true. Um, because Brent is the one who pays attention to the the Twitter feed every once in a while. You know, maybe about once a week. Twice, twice a week, maybe. I'm like, oh, I should look at Twitter. And I do. And then that's as far as it goes. But Brent is the one that operates on Twitter. So if you want to talk to Brent and tell him that uh, uh, <laughs> there's something wrong with something, then then go to Twitter, at Stargate Walking, and talk to Brent there. Yes. Um, if you want to email us, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Just moving um, steady. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, if you're putting something in there that uh, Brent, who doesn't know what happens in later season five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if right. you want to do that, say spoilers in the subject line and then we'll know. Um, otherwise, uh, either of us is fair game there. Or you can go to Facebook. We go to Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page. Please go hit that like and subscribe button or whatever it is that you do there. Um, <laughs> hit the bell. And Wait, follow. I that. think it's actually follow on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, go ahead and join us on the Facebook group um, for all mm-hmm. sorts of fun things there. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. do have, you know what? This is, a, I haven't really talked much about this, but uh, we do actually have a YouTube page. 
Um, oh, yeah. The only thing that's there right now are the promos that David has produced for us for all of these uh, numerous years now since, I guess, the beginning of season three he started. This. Yeah, so, it's been a um, while. So those those promos are there. I think we have like 13 subscribers there. Um, hey, But nice. hey, you know, <laughs> so if you want to get a notification when those come up, then uh, you can go ahead and do that. Yeah, you're welcome to do that. Um, that's what's up there right now. Uh, I suppose it's conceivable that something else will go up there, but that's not in the works at the moment. Um, nope. And so, you know, I put those there because it's a great place for them, and then I copy that link and put it into Facebook um, generally every Saturday morning, and everybody tells me I should do it Friday night, and they're probably not wrong, but... <laughs> But Usually that's kind of not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in any case, so that is also an option. Um, and of course, we also mentioned uh, the Patreon page. Yes. Uh, Patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate will get you information uh, about all of that stuff. Yep. Sorry. Had to yawn. Yep. Did I so, mention that it's, uh, it's late? Did I mention that? It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad when you think of 8, 16 p.m. as late. It's bedtime. But uh, now you have a timestamp for when we're recording this. So. Yep, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but, Brent. Yes. We do have a couple of things coming up in our future that we want to share at yes, this time. Yes, we do. The first one. Yeah. Uh, we kind of teased this for the last couple of weeks. Um, and you know, last time we said that we had a little bit of homework that we had to do and mm-hmm. we have done, uh, about 80% of the homework That's that needs to be done there. So, you know, we have a passing grade, passing but, grade. Uh, you know, anyway, in any case, um, we have done enough homework now to share with you, dear listener, mm-hmm. that, uh, it is time for us to enter the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Um, after all the show is 20, 2001, which is the 21st century now. That's right. Uh, for us to make a website. Uh, just Just remember, we don't have a website yet. Correct. Uh, it's, it's coming. Correct. Um, right now, our plan is to, uh, right now, we'll be entering into the uh, building stages of that. And, uh, and then in roughly eight or nine weeks from now um, when we get to right around the 100th episode of the podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm, is kind mm-hmm. of the target date that we're, we're looking to launch the website. Yes. Um, but we'll see what happens. So that's our plan. What's yeah, everything's, everything's subject to change a little bit. But yeah, that's the idea. And uh, the clever among you, although I don't know, I always kind of link it on Twitter. Technically, our podcast hoster gives us some kind of dumb blog version website. It's terrible. Um, and this is what, what Zach and I are aiming at is not terrible. I did, uh, I did offer very briefly the idea of putting up a um, 2001 style website just to keep it real. But um, no, we're not going to do that. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, the, the, the structure and the content and all that jazz, uh, we're kind of zeroing in. We, we, we've had uh, a couple of ideas of where we want to go with this. Uh, and so we're going to slowly bring that thing together. And of course it'll be probably like everything else that we do where it starts off probably a little slow and then kind of picks up steam along. So, but we want to let you know about that. So yeah, pretty excited. Oh, another thing. Uh, the one minute audio doohickey. 
again, do hickey is that do, what, is that in a technical term? Hickey, yes. Uh, it is a uh, it is it is a uh, it's a French term that imply uh-huh. or that's uh, it's it's a technical French term that was originated in the 18th century. Uh, the early 18th century by the Marquis du Hickey. And uh, ah, he, okay. uh, he came around and uh, he was one of the first people to uh, theorize that uh, a sound could be captured for approximately a minute and sent to somebody else for purposes of propagation. It was a wonderfully advanced In the early 1800s. Uh, oh, yeah. 18th no, century. he was way ahead of wow. his time. He had no idea how it was going to happen. He thought he was going to, you were going to talk into an envelope and seal it and send it and that would ah, work. Well, but yes. Uh, but you know, Carrier as we know pigeons that that's, and the like. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we all know that that's just that's just lunacy. Um, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> so you got yourself a cell phone, right? And odds are good that you got yourself what's called a smartphone. And odds are good that you have either an iOS or an Android OS device. And on your iOS or Android OS device, there is a voice recorder. And the odds are really, really good that that voice recorder will allow you to share that recording. This is what we want you to do. We want you to think about episode 100. I still have no idea what's coming into my future, but you know what's coming in my future. And (laughs) I would like you to bust out that phone and give me a one-minute review of that episode, uh, what you thought of it, what you thought of it the first time you saw it, if you can remember it, how you feel about it now. Keep it to a minute. Send it to our email address. Share that to walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That is uh, W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail. I did it, Zach. You did it. I did it. (laughs) Sorry. You you just got to level two, Brent. I think that might be the third time I have said the email actually all the way through (laughs) this entire time. Um, Anyway, make a little recording. Send it to us on email. I'll stitch it in the show, uh, you know, with asterisks of, you know, we're not going to promise that every single one of them gets in there because if you if all you do is make a recording, a one minute recording of geese honking, I'm not. Well, I might put that in there, but um, (laughs) but, you know, it's we reserve the right to say no, all right? That's the deal. Um, but anyway. But we so, probably yeah. won't say no. If it's good, uh, we will probably not say no. Odds are good. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's a super exciting stuff. Yep, indeed. Okay, with that, Brent, shall we dig into this particular episode, Ascension? Let's do it. All right. So, this episode, Ascension, is the third episode of the season. It is the second episode of the season that is directed by Martin Wood. He directed uh, the first episode, Enemies, and now he's back again. This is his second of eight episodes he directs this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The teleplay is by Robert C. Cooper, uh, and this is his second of five episodes this season. Uh, So, we'll hear, of course, both of their names uh, fairly routinely throughout the whole show. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, we have several guest actors that are noteworthy. Mm-hmm. We'll start with the big ones. Uh, we have, of course, Sean Patrick Flannery playing Orlin in this episode. Uh, Sean was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and was raised in a small town just outside Houston, Texas. He attended the University of St. Thomas in Houston, where he studied acting. Um, his first paid role in Hollywood was on a Kellogg's Corn Pops 
where he starred alongside Paul Walker. Aha. Interesting. So there you um, go. You know, if you can find that out there, dear listeners, let me know. Send a link to us because that'd be kind of fun to watch. Do you think um, the commercial is fast? I have no idea. Or maybe furious? It's probably furious. <laughs> nice. Um, anyway. Anyway. But so, it doesn't end too soon? Ooh. Ooh. That's because it's just too fast. <laughs> uh, too fast. Too furious. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway. In any case, um, shortly after a few national commercials, he did finally land the title role in George Lucas's The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Mm-hmm. So he started that back in early 90s um, and did some TV episodes of that and then some TV movies and then some more TV episodes of it um, all the way up to uh, just a, about a year and a half or so before this episode aired. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so, that, yeah that's right. Yeah. I guess that would be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a high-ranking martial artist. Uh, he's earned a black belt in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um. And let's see here. Other shows he's been in include The Dead Zone, The Young and the Restless, and Dexter. Um, and his very first credit, according to IMDb, uh, was not the, the commercial because those aren't on IMDb. But it was a 1987 movie when he played a very small role, uh, the role of Buddy, in a comedy called hmm. A Tiger's Tale. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so there you have it. There is Sean mm-hmm. Patrick Flannery, a.k.a. the young Indiana Jones. Yes. Now, we also have another big name actor in this episode, mm-hmm. and that is John DeLancey, who plays mm-hmm. Colonel Frank Q. Simmons. <laughs> okay, just to be clear, his middle name isn't technically Q. I just added that for effect. Did, uh, did you or did you read my synopsis? I have not actually read your synopsis. I make the exact same joke. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, it's it's uh, like we're friends, Zach. Yes, I know. <laughs> Goodness. Get out of my head! <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway. So, uh, John DeLancey was raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He attended Kent State University, and he won then a scholarship to the Juilliard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably best known, of course, for his portrayal as the all-powerful entity Q on Star Trek The Next Generation and other Star Trek venues, yes. as well as Eugene Bradford on Days of Our Lives, which he did that in sixty. No. Oh, no. No, that's when Days of Our Lives started. Yes. Sorry, my mistake. No, 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 no. it's late, it's late, it's fine. Yeah. Um, So, uh, he is good friends with Richard Dean Anderson, uh, and they have appeared Mm. in Mm -hmm. several episodes in both both, uh, Stargate, MacGyver, and also Legend, which started in 1995. Mm. So, uh, they've done a lot of things together, which is kind of cool. Uh, nice. John is one of only 26 actors that have acted in both Doctor Who and Star, Star Trek. Huh. Which uh, has nothing to do with Stargate, but it is kind of cool. Um, I would need to Classic. look through. You know, so Julie and I have been going through uh, the modern Doctor Who. We just finished the, the Matt Smith 
era of that. Yeah. So we're about to start uh, Peter Capaldi. Um, and he, I don't recall seeing him in that. So either he is in Peter Capaldi stuff, because uh, I haven't actually watched, I've seen the first season of that. I haven't seen all of that. So it's possible he's there. I didn't actually look this up. Or it's classic who? I'm looking this up. I okay. got to know. Um, he's had a prolific acting career. Um, some of his highlights, uh, you know, it's possible because so here in the next one. So he, some of his highlights include uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Magic, mm-hmm. Torchwood, and The yes. Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. So it's possible that Torchwood is what they're yeah. talking about there for yeah. the Doctor Who franchise. I think that's that what is technically talking. part of that franchise. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's what I'm saying. So. Yep. Okay. Uh, this is, of course, his first episode as Frank Simmons, but this is not his last episode. Ah, so okay. So we will see Colonel Simmons again uh, uh, several more times over the next couple of years. Okay. So um, his very first credit, uh, according to IMDb, uh, was Legacy in 1975. Uh, which is a movie simply described as a which rich woman deteriorates mentally. So that's what Legacy okay. is about, and he's got a small character because you know it's gotcha. There you go. There you go. Uh, and then finally, I want to highlight uh, Eric Brecker as Colonel Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an actor known for X Men Origins Wolverine. He's in Godzilla and Scary Movie Three. Um, he made guest appearances in all three of the longest-running North American science fiction series, X-Files, Stargate SG-1, and Smallville. Mm. Uh, we kind of talked about this with somebody else last week. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so we won't dig into that too much. Nope. Um, this is not the first time, however, that we have seen uh, Eric Brecker and Reynolds. However, he was not Colonel when we saw him. We first met him in the episode Touchstone. Uh, when he was a major, he was Major Reynolds at Area huh. 51. Um, so you remember, that's the episode where there's that uh, weather device that gets yep. stolen. Yep. And we have the rogue NID folks and all of that yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they go to the Area 51. And uh, I can't remember. I think that uh, Major Reynolds at that point is the one who kind of gives them a tour around Area I 51. I think that's right. Correct. That seems to be my memory as well yep and so reynolds is back in this episode only now he is a colonel uh, and he's got his name stenciled on the back of a laptop yes yes Mm -hmm. he does Uh, that's because he's a colonel he's a colonel he is the leader of stargate sg16 yes when you're the leader of sg6 yeah you you get to have your name stenciled on a computer at that absolutely he has a total of 16 credits for stargate sg1 Hmm. Plus, he was also in one of the made-for-TV movies, The Ark of Truth. Okay. So we will see him several more times over the course right. of the okay. series. So, um, his first credit came in 1995 as an express agent in the video game Ripley's Believe It or Not, The Riddle of Master Lou. Hmm. <laughs> so, there gotcha. you got it. There you have it. Yep. All right. So, the original air date for Ascension was July 13, 2001. Mm-hmm. Number one on the charts in the U.S., they were still listening to Usher, You Remind Me. 
you rim I to know. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. And in the UK, yeah, uh, they stopped listening to you remind me because apparently uh, he doesn't remind them anymore nope. of anything. Uh, but instead, they were listening to Roger Sanchez sing Another Chance. I have absolutely no idea who Roger Sanchez is, and therefore, I have no idea what Another Chance is. But I bet you I know what style it is. Uh, go ahead. I bet you this is going to be a smooth and slow love song. There you go. There you go. Very white. Sorry, you know, my brain yeah. is fried. It's so. a, it's eight thirty. It's it's late. Yeah, yeah. Very white. Thank you. Anyway, so <laughs> we're talking about another chance here. So please give me another chance. <laughs> so as uh, we're also going to talk about the box. And number one in the box office this weekend was Legally Blonde. It was a brand new movie. So it was Legally and it was Blonde. Uh, number two was the score because, you know, you got to keep the score when you have other chances like this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cats and dogs are always fighting, so that was number three. And they always need another chance to not fight, so... We'll give them to him. And then, you know, as we're thinking about other chances, we start imagining what could have been, what should have been, and we imagine we have fantasies of what possibly is, and we, and, and we get to the final fantasy, the final fantasy about the spirits that are within, which is number four. I forgot about that movie. And anyway, we sorry. realize that all of this is, quite frankly, really, really scary, so I should stop. Scary Movie 2 is number five. Woo! All right, well there you go. Well done. There you go. So, that was the box office. What happened on this day, Brent? On this day, or around this day, Mm -hmm. on July 9th, a few days before this episode aired, The Office, created by uh, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, starring Ricky Gervais and Martin Freeman, premieres on BBC Two in the UK. That's momentous. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the UK version of The Office spawned the US version of The Office, both in mm-hmm. their own right, remarkably successful and apparently very funny shows. Yes. Full disclosure, I have not actually seen any episodes of either one of them. It, I'm giving you a bit of a look. It's okay. It's all right. We, we have limited time. We ch- it's fine. It's all good. You know, you know Brent, when, when, when you invent time travel. Oh, and, yeah. You know, or... or, or or create a time turner even yes you know yes uh, then then i will happily watch all of the shows that i would love to watch and haven't I, had the chance you you know you are preaching to the choir on this one you know yes. i am in the exact same boat yeah absolutely and in the case july 11 two days after the office premiered two days before this episode aired mm-hmm. the iraq uh the iraq no the, no not no not the iraq not, not, not the so Iraq, the country resumes yes. oil exports, ending a five-week halt 
in protest of a U.S. and British-sponsored U.N. Security Council resolution. Uh-huh. So the U.S. and the Brits are like, no, you can't do that, Iraq. And, well, frankly, rightly so, I think, probably. And, and Iraq was like, fine, then you can't have my oil. And five weeks later, they're like, I guess you can have my oil now. Do you recall, I think it was last week, that, or maybe it was two weeks ago, that OPEC said that they were going to keep production at a level to keep prices consistent, and they were basically freezing Iraq out. Yep. And here Iraq is responding, going, fine, yep. start selling my oil again, jerks. Yep. yep. On July 13th, the day this episode aired, the International Olympic Committee votes to award Beijing the 2008 Summer Olympic Games. Yeah, there you go. And then finally, on July 16th, Jurassic Park 3, starring Sam Neill and William H. Macy, premieres in the U.S. Yeah, I didn't see that. Oh, well, that's fine. (laughs) Not that big a deal. Okay, so got some trivia here for this episode. Yes. Uh First of all, um, in Major Samantha Carter's house, um, many of the photos and various items around the house are actually Amanda Tappings. A lot of the oh. photos are actually of her. Some of them were with her and her twin brother as twins. Some are with her grandparents mm. and the like. Um, uh, there is one picture of Jacob Carter with Sam when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a picture of Carmen Argenziano, who plays Jacob Carter, and his stepdaughter, Mia, who ah, was up okay. there for that. Um, mm-hmm. And there are also several items in the house, some gifts. There were some uh, quilts, some statues. Uh, there was a, you know, other things like that in the house that uh, were Amanda Carter's. And these were various gifts that fans had given her throughout the years. And oh. this was her way of dressing the set and kind of saying huh. quietly, thank you very much. Um, so yeah. that's really kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, this is the first episode, of course, with Frank Simmons. He is a mm-hmm. recurring antagonist in season five. He, of course, played Q in Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep yep. Space Nine and Voyager. Um, and he is now the fifth Star Trek veteran to appear in this franchise, in Star Trek Stargate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Armin Shimmerman played uh, one of the Knox. Mm-hmm. In the Knox, Dwight Schultz in the Gamekeeper, mm-hmm. Rene Aubergeonois in the other side, mm-hmm. Marina Sirtis mm-hmm. in Water. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. yep. And so there okay. have it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an episode where Amanda Tapping won a Leo Award for Dramatic Series Best Lead Performance of a Female. So uh, congratulations to her for winning that mm-hmm. award for this episode. Um, and this is kind of trivia, kind of a goof, kind of. Something just kind of funny, interesting. So at 28 minutes, Orlin and Major Carter are uh, sitting at the table talking uh, over dinner. And if you look at Orlin's place setting, he apparently has an aluminum ice cream scoop next to him. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I honestly, as I was, so I saw this and I looked at it and I was careful to watch for it. And it looks kind of like an ice cream scoop and it kind of looks like a really big spoon and it's kind of hard to tell for sure, <laughs> but I yeah. could totally buy this. However, their plates are basically empty, and the only thing they have to eat is a large uh, baguette. Yes. I did That's notice it. that all they were eating was a large baguette. I did yeah. notice that. Yeah. So, there you go. 
Um, we do have some quotes here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so this is a quote from Amanda Tapping. This is mm-hmm. a huge, huge episode for Carter, she says. We get to see where she lives. Uh, I get to wear normal clothes. I drive an amazing car. It's sweet. You know what? I think Carter is very cool. She has a 1940 Indian motorcycle. She has a 1961 beautiful mint vintage Volvo. That's the car she was driving in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. She's also got a Harley in her garage that she's working on. How great is that? She is pretty. Um, let's see here. Um... When asked the question, can Orleans homemade Stargate be reused? Um, who was it? Is Joe Malozzi said that particular Stargate was a one show only affair. Yes. So yeah, that that, that is uh, here. And it's probably going to burn much out. Much of a spoiler. Spoiler no. to say we're not going to see that one again. No. Uh, that said, I mean they also said that, that it's not quite a Stargate. You know, it it's only goes to one place, and it probably is going to burn out when it's all done. So. Hmm. But hey, he built it with a toaster. Yes. And some <clears throat> online t- titanium. Yep. Uh, so also from Joe Malozzi, he says, this is one of those episodes that hadn't sold me at the script stage, but really came together once we started shooting. Sean Patrick Flannery was great and had terrific on-screen chemistry with Amanda. Another perfect example of uh, writer-producer's remorse an actor who does such a good job that one regrets killing off his character. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I will say that in the commentary on this episode, um, they like Martin Wood had a, a kind of a, a general idea in his head for what Orlin would be, and mm-hmm. Sean Patrick Flannery came in and played it like you see it on the state on on the screen, and it was sufficiently mm-hmm. different. Um, it was much more muted you know, uh, than, than what they were yep. thinking in their head. Um, and at first for a while, Martin was like, um, was thinking in his head, wait, 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 should we stop him? Should we stop this and we fix this? And he just kind of trusted the process. And, uh, after some time he, it started growing on him and he's like, Oh, okay. And then, you know, so, uh, the picture of Orlin that we see in this episode is, Flannery's picture of it. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, mm-hmm. he brings in his interpretation, and that's what you get. So, mm-hmm. um, nice. Yeah. So, in other languages, in French, Italian, Spanish, and Czech, it's all ascension. Uh, but in German, mm-hmm. oh, they boy. call it das Opfer, which is the sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't know what the sacrifice is, I guess. I mean, I suppose you it's know, a bit of a mystery. It's better, What's be better than calling it. Apophis is dead. Yeah, yeah, or that's true. Or the death true. of Apophis, you know. Yeah. Of course, that was also me saying that, That you know, so that wasn't actually what they did. But, no, but, no, you know, but, you know, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. the, the only way that it could be worse is if they were like, you know, um, you know, Orlin did it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so, Brent. Yes. The time has come in our podcast for the synopsis. Yeah. And has been that has been teased already in this episode that I did not write. Correct. Somebody else did. I believe yeah. that somebody else was in fact you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is Good. true. All right. I did and, it. Wow. <laughs> With a keyboard in the office. Yes. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, a home I, office as it were. Yeah. 
but yes, right. the, the deed has been done. It's Well, now that it has been done, will you read it? Yes, I can do that. You ready? Woohoo! I am ready. Okay, here we go. SG-1 are on a planet, shorthand of 636, with Colonel O'Neill and Teal'c exploring. They meet up with their teammates, Major Cardle. Cardle? Wow. Hmm. Cardle? Major Carter and Dr. Jackson, who are busy examining a device and some ancient writings, respective. How long will it take to get to the bottom of it? Days? Months? Before lunch? Hmm. In the process of investigating a device which, turns out, which points to the sky, Sam is attacked by some mysterious force. Thankfully, Daniel is nearby. He summons Jack to help. Now! In the Stargate Command Infirmary, Carter and Dr. Frazier are talking about what happened. Sam has been through a lot in the past couple of years, in case you weren't watching every week like you should have been. But ever the trooper, Carter insists that she's fine. Sam then leaves to attend the briefing and reveals that the device the device in the room, whatever, is significantly more advanced than any other technology on the planet. How it got there is as much of a mystery as the writing thing. Despite requesting that she join SG-16 back on the planet, Sam is denied permission, much to her dismay. General Hammond gives most of the SG-1 team some time off, while Daniel, being the expert linguist, stays on the planet to help SG-16. Over and again, Carter tells everyone that she's fine. Over and again, she is ignored. Carter returns home, unaware that she is being watched. The next day, she is approached by a man acting strangely. Though she could easily snap his neck, she adopts the defensive posture taught to many young women. Just smile, don't escalate, and retreat as soon as it is safe to do so. Once inside, she locks the door. However, a short time later, that same strange man appears inside her home. The intruder is wise to keep a kitchen counter between himself and his demise, and Carter attempts to call someone, presumably the police. At this point, the creep does the most sensible thing he can do. He passes through the kitchen counter as if he were a ghost. Now, the brilliant scientist can see that, though she still may be in danger, she's not dealing with a creepy dude who's about to die. She bolts out the door while the misguided apparition professes the most consistent, stupid rationale for assaulting another. He loves her, but he's just socially inept. Aww. She informs her superiors at Stargate Command, who then place cameras and microphones in her home. The strange man does not appear again until the cameras are removed. It turns out that the man is an ascended being who goes by the name of Orlin. He gives up ascension with the hope of creating a connection, a relationship with Carter. His start is rocky, but Carter is a better person than your reviewer and agrees to engage this alien with a connection of the mind. Orlin glimmers and takes the shape just like Oma de Sala, merges with Carter's mind, and Carter is pleasantly overwhelmed. Carter then learns of Orlin's story. While Orlin was ascended, he helped the people of the alien planet to develop the device that SG-16 was investigating. As it turns out, it is a powerful weapon that protected the planet from a ghoul invasion. The civilization eventually attempted to use this weapon to conquer other planets. Because Orlin interfered with the lower, with the lower planes of existence, the others wiped out the civilization and ordered Orlin to destroy the weapon. Orlin is banished and the weapon still exists. And now, the SGC is trying to understand it for the defense of Earth. In a briefing many 
of the puzzle pieces are coming together. This weapon is extremely powerful, and it appears to have been an advancement that vaulted the civilization. Carter feels the need to be dishonest, devious, blurting out how she believes the firing of the weapon will cause an atmospheric disturbance which will kill any, any life on the planet. It's how the civilization was wiped out. The weapon is too dangerous to you. This news stuns the assembled group, including NID Colonel Frank Q. Simmons. See, there, see, there we go. There, There's there the is, Q. There it is. The information wasn't in her initial report. Hammond gives Carter two weeks to produce evidence of her suppositions. Otherwise, the test continues. Nine days later, Carter is summoned to meet with Hammond and Simmons. The testing will commence immediately because it is clear that Carter is not gathering evidence of an atmospheric calamity. She's buying titanium and stuff online, and Kurt Cobain is accepting delivery. But at least they know now that the alien is real. Simmons makes it clear that this alien will be apprehended immediately. When the government attempts to capture Orlin, Carter is sent in to convince him to come out peacefully. Orlin then leads her to a mini stargate that he has built in her basement. The two of them travel to the planet, and Orlin sacrifices himself to stop Colonel Albert Reynolds and the SG-16 from activating the weapon. The other ascended beings allow Orlin to ascend once more, and they destroy the weapon so that it can no longer be used. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Ascension. Uh-huh. What'd you think? So... You could probably tell in my review that I was a little salty after watching this episode. <laughs> um, I am um, glad to hear that um, Amanda Tapping thinks so highly of this episode. And I am glad to hear that the uh, folks involved with the storytelling felt like this thing kind of came together in a way that it probably that, that, that it was a little unexpectedly to do so. For me, on watching it, the thing um, really fell on its face. Just bad. It just fell flat on its face when um, our hero, Samantha Carter, was being dismissed and pushed to the side and not taken seriously and being told she's just, you know, she's just too tired. And, and it's all being done for her benefit, but she keeps telling people she's fine and nobody's listening. And... She then goes home, and now we have an extra-dimensional alien stalker in the house, which is, that's not a cool jam for me at all. Uh, and she deals with it in a very, like, you know, excellent heroic way. Like, you know, yeah. But it was still a moment of like, hey, there's a creepy guy out in the roadway. Uh-huh. Hi. Okay, bye. Um, which is, you know, all too common and kind of BS. Uh, no, I, that, 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 that is something that, that we expect uh, women especially to just deal with is the BS part. But, um, and there it is on the screen, but you know, all right, what are you going to do? And the door gets locked and there's a creep inside the house. And like, you know, when I, when I put in that snarky line about how, like, you know, the, the, that Orland did the best thing, you know, the smartest thing that he could have done was gone through that, through that, um, kitchen Island. It's uh -huh. because only uh -huh. at that point, is it like evident? Okay. All right. You're not actually dealing with some like really not good situation, you're dealing with something extra extraordinary here. At which point, there we go. We're dealing with something extraordinary. Now Carter can be engaged with this extraordinary situation in a way that starts to kind of jam back in with what the show is really all about. 
Um, but unfortunately, that moment in through there really chafed me. Uh, like, I just didn't like it. And then there was an awful lot about sort of like the what happened after that, which still didn't quite make it much better. There was a ton of really neato bits and pieces. Um, I liked... Uh, I liked how each actor was portraying the characters. Like, no question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that... Amanda tapping one, uh, I think he said a Leo for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I believe it because like she was, uh, you know, her, it, this was a, this was a, a Sam heavy episode and there was a lot of emoting that she had to do. There was a, a wide range that she had to accomplish. I mean, actually, I mean, I've seen her in wider emotional ranges, but that was way at the beginning. But anyway, like, you know, this was, this was, this was good and it was intense and it was, um, uh, you know, it was an emotional, uh, it was an emotional journey. Uh, there were, and, uh, the, you know, the young Indiana who played Orlin did a fine job of this really subdued way of going about. I mean, like, I thought it was really good. Um, John Delancey's performance was kind of weirdly flat. Um, and I say it like that because it, I was expecting more and it's probably because I'm just so used to him being over the flipping top, right? Like mm-hmm. Q is over the top. Discord is over the top. Um, and so seeing him in a role where he's a bit more just to the point was fine, but it was just, it just felt a little underwhelming. Um, and then there were just a bunch of tiny little technically correct aspects of the story that were kind of strange. And I think that the easiest way I can put my finger on that is the, is the nine day interlude. And I can't recall exactly what happened on screen, but you know, she was given two weeks to come up. Carter was given two weeks to come up with, uh, evidence for her lie, just flat out lie, um, uh, of atmospheric disturbance. And, you know, nine days later is she's being confronted about it. But the time on screen between those two moments was really short. And I think it was like the walk in the park maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it didn't really feel like nine days had passed, you know? And I think that, that, uh, Simmons outfit was exactly the same as he had been wearing nine days before, which whatever, that's not the biggest of deals, but you know, like as far as my mental, you know, continuity is concerned, it just didn't feel like that much time had elapsed yet. Somehow it did. Um, but that's really trite. So I'm willing to just let that one go. Uh, and then the other cool thing that I liked was the introduction of the mini Stargate, um, throw away as it was, uh, that it could be constructed, uh, on one hand feels obvious, you know, given the right knowledge, which right. an ascended being would very well have, but on the other mm-hmm. hand, it just was kind of still kind of cool. Of like, hey, look, it's a mini Stargate. It's only going one place, one place, but you know, hey, it works. It's cool. It, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, so you know, like, and then also that th- it was almost a throwaway line talking about how Oma de Sala must be uh, banished as well. Um, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. uh, where that actually is a juicy little tidbit of information that kind of just gets zipped over. Uh, Mm. Oh, and then I thought there were some plot holes in it upon retrospect where it's like, wait a minute, you were supposed to destroy the machine, but the machine was still there and you were banished. uh, Which I guess explains why like the minute that you saw like the first person come by, you're like, holy cow, a person. And he even admits that or like, you know, it's been a long time since I've even seen some. Um, 
you know, it, it, it was just sort of the 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 constellation of ideas around that notion just didn't quite line up exactly. Like when sure. the others came back and gave Orlin a second chance, which is awesome. And he picks up the Nacota generator and it blows up in the sky, which is apparently our our new favorite thing to do with Nacota generators is just get them really high so that they, we can watch them blow the up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so then the others uh, destroy the machine, destroy the weapon, um, which is great. The end. Uh, why didn't they do that before, right? If they wiped out the civilization, like, and then banished Orland and told him to destroy the weapon, you know, the weapon was still there. You know what I mean? Like, there was just some parts to it that was just like, why, why didn't they do that? But whatever. Yeah. Here we are. So on the whole, I'm blabbing a lot, but it was one of those things where I didn't really like it, but it had everything to do with a really kind of core part at the beginning of the episode and it just didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And I completely acknowledge that I'm probably in the minority with that. Um, but there it is. I just didn't like it. And as a result, the rest of it was kind of hard for me to really enjoy. Like as a as a total package. Again, lots of little things were great, sure. but big picture thing. I don't know. So what do you think? So my nuts. Um Yeah, this is a hard episode for me to to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Um there are aspects of this episode that I really enjoy. Um, I really enjoy um, the the various conversations and uh, connections between our cast members. I mean, you know, like the scene when uh, they talk about Star Wars, when when oh Neil yeah, and, and Teal'c show up, Teal'c in that Teal'c cowboy, in a cowboy hat. hat? Oh my gosh, that was great. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and uh, you know Carter's there trying to like hide the boy in her house. Yes. Um. You know that that's just a great scene. Um. Uh. You know, speaking of that, in the the commentary, uh, they filmed Amanda Tapping stuff first in that, and so when they were filming her, she didn't know that. Christopher Judge as Teal'c was going to be wearing that getup, <laughs> uh, and so you know, in the commentary, she's like, "Yeah, I totally played that wrong because I had no idea what he was wearing." It, it works for me. I, I'm, I, you know, I don't, I didn't find the problem with it that she did. Sure, you know, um, you know, I love that scene. Um, the the conversation that Carter and O'Neill have as uh, he's. Doing the pee-pee dance in the hallway. <laughs> um, yes, I gotta pee. You know. Yes. Um, so these <laughs> these are moments that are really great. Uh, I really like the scene. Uh, if you take it by itself, of Orlin and Sam walking through the park. Yes, that's a great scene. I love yes. that scene. Um, I, I love the mini Stargate. I love, you know, how he uses these various things to get to 636 and stops it uh, and saves the day of sacrificing himself. Um, and, you know, in that moment, he didn't know he was going to get to get a chance to ascend uh, again. Mm-hmm. And there they are to that. Um, so, you know, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy uh, Frank Simmons in this. You, you talked about it being kind of flat. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, I can see that because, yes, clearly he's not Q, he's not right. Discord, which is basically right. just Q in animation. Q in a different, yep, yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's something about this guy introduced here who is, um, um, 
in the Pentagon. He's he's a colonel, but he's a colonel that doesn't wear a uniform. Um, yeah, right. Which was actually something that that uh, um, uh, Delancey wanted to do to highlight some elements of this character. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Uh, um, I, this isn't too much of a spoiler, I don't think. All right, I won't say anything. I okay. don't know. So, um, better safe than sorry. Fine by me. Yep. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I enjoyed uh, Delancey's performance. Um, I found him um, vile. Uh, I found him slimy, uh, mm, and yet mm-hmm. at the same time, I didn't think that anything he did was uh, strictly speaking uh, in- unethical. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, so he was definitely coming at things from a different perspective. Um, he had different goals than other folks. But at this point in time, as I watch what he's doing, um, you know, there, there's, there's nothing, you know, he, he's, <clears throat> the, the, the mandate of the, the SGC is to seek out new technologies that help them defend the planet against the gold. If they find a big right. honking space gun, yeah. then figuring out how to operate that thing Right. Kind of falls under that mandate, you know. Um, so I'm totally cool with that. Um, that said, he is also really kind of slimy in how he's, um, you know, watching Carter even after all of this stuff. He doesn't really care much about the alien other than how the alien can uh, potentially further his goals. Um, but, you know, all of those things aside. Mm-hmm. So I like Colonel Simmons. Um what I don't like, and I have always found it very creepy, uh, like you, is how we are introduced to Orlin. Yeah. And and the first part of that, uh, I thought uh, it's acted well. I mean, oh, it, yes. It, it's done tremendously. Agreed. And it's even not, I mean, like, he is being super, super creepy. But yes. he's not trying to be super, super creepy. But he's definitely being super, super creepy. Yes. And just because you're not trying to be super creepy doesn't mean that being super creepy is all of a sudden okay. Yes, correct. Um, you know, creepy is creepy. Right. You know, um, so, but, yeah. but still, uh, there, there is that element that, that has always just sat with me as, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it. Not okay, dude. Not okay. The, I mean that that is that is the 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 zenith of something that was kind of gnawing on me at that first third of the ep- of the episode. Um, you know, it, it was it was starting to build up when Carter was getting dismissed, just left, right, and center. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. From everybody's point of view, she collapsed. And yes, from everyone's point of view, she collapsed because she's exhausted. Um, and I understand there is, uh, it's a fine line in between uh, taking somebody at their word when they are clearly not actually operating in their own best interest. Uh, when they say they're fine and it's just that they're clearly not. Um, it's a fine line between that and just kind of railroading them. Um, but it was yeah. just like, you know, like I, the viewer knew the truth and it didn't feel good to watch a hero that I really, really like being kind of patronized and 
So I was like, kind of, ugh. I just kind of, just kind of felt kind of ugh about it. And yeah. then we get to the spot where, uh, you know, she's 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 literally being stalked. Like that's what's happening. She's being stalked. Um, yep. and the stalker appears in the road in a very magical way, thanks to to good camera movements and actors getting in the right spot at the right time. Um, I do. I did think that those camera angles yes. and shots to to produce those effects. Uh, both there on the street and in the kitchen were yeah. spot on. They were done they were amazing great. and they're very, very effective. Absolutely. Yes. Continue. And, 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 you know, but again, I mean, like I, I, it's one of those things where, where none of this is to, to, uh, to diminish the work that was put into telling the story in the acting, in the, in the shots, in the cinematography, in the directing, like everything about it, like the work that was put into telling the story was amazing. Like they did mm-hmm. a great job. Um, it's just that that part right there, like now I get to watch my hero who she's a flipping major in the air force in a part of an elite team that goes off world all the time. Like I I wasn't being glib when I was like, she can snap this guy's neck. Like she should not be a person who is afraid. And the reason why we see her in that moment being afraid is because of a cultural norm and that really boils my blood so, so that's I where i kind of just her went. as being afraid so much as um weirded out she's like um uh, now when he showed up in her house when he, he's really like boom i'm like there there she's like now she's getting creeped out and, and a little bit like dude this guy what um I saw that less, well, early on, less as fear and more as this guy's wacky. I've um, had I've had enough conversations now. Okay, so I'll, I'll say it like this: I've had enough conversations with women who tell me that those moments are much more uh, fear-inducing than 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 one might think, and that where you and I would just see a creepy person and be like, "Oh my god, I need to just get away from this." Um, that there is more to it if uh, if you're a woman. Now, I will also kind of stop that little you know soapbox that I'm on by acknowledging, yeah, these are direct conversations with people that I trust for sure, but I'm not about to say that their experience is universal. However, that's what I was seeing. I was seeing in a sure. situation where a guy was acting like a creep and a woman was responding to it by keeping calm and backing away disengaging and then the minute that she could throw a deadbolt <laughs> she does yeah um and that was the thing that just like, like so so i started off with a bit of a patronizing yuck and then we got this creep yuck and then the scene in the kitchen like yeah i mean it definitely escalates it big time but at least the story takes a turn into it, it, you know uh, it, one way to say it is it takes a turn away from emancipation level like craziness into something that is at least plausible when he walks through the island like now it's supernatural right now it's oh you're not just a random person there's something going on here right, right. now we're back into the science fiction now the scientist can take the situation and you know what i mean like now we're back like we're able to kind of get the thing back going again but up until yeah. that point it just felt ugh, felt weird you know one of the things that has never sat well with me in this episode is um you know like if i just take the second half of the episode alone mm-hmm. 
then the relationship between Orlin and Carter feels fine. I don't have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but when you add the beginning part and how it began, yeah. without quite another step in there, um, you know, I mean, I know that that she, he walks through the 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 the, the island, and um, you know, then ha- they like, oh, supernatural stuff, okay. And later on, you know, she's continuing to kind of follow the story, just seeing where he's going with all of this stuff. And he's like, well, I'd like to try this thing that I tried before, um, you know, sharing of the minds type of thing, um, and 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 he and it does, and certainly that changes things. But there's something about the unsettlingness in in terms of his behavior towards her from mm-hmm. the get go that makes uh, the later part of the stuff even uh, though if I take that by itself as fine it, it feels icky to me to yeah. some degree yeah um, I would have wanted. I think I would have needed one more thing, and I don't know what that one more thing is in between these two to get to a point where I'm like, oh, okay, so early on you really, really had this guy who had no idea what was going on and wasn't trying to be creepy, um, and now it's kind of charming, you know? Right. Uh, but, it, but we didn't get that. Um, it, and, and I think we didn't get it for me. For we didn't get it for me. Yeah, and I think that it was, there's definitely parts about the story that feel like it was a little rushed, because if you, I think, if you look at it, um, there's actually a lot that's trying to get told here, where you've got to develop a relationship from nothing true, into something that feels plausibly connection-worthy, and even then, I'm pausing hard on that one, because it's like, I mean... I'm willing to go along with it for a lot of reasons, but I got to tell you, now that I'm really thinking about it, like they didn't have enough time to actually develop that. They, they, they just so didn't. The only thing I can hang my hat on in that situation is that in that moment when they share that yes. connection. Yes, agreed. Yep. Something more than what was shown and implied. Well, no, I mean, there was a lot that was implied. Yeah. And that's the major turning point in the episode. Yes. That's the moment where the episode is trying to say, look, he's not just this stalker dude. Yes. He's an alien who yes. actually does yes. love her. Yes. Um, you know, so that these feelings aren't, you know, because like, you know, you get a stalker who says, I love you. Right. You know, uh, y- you want to stab him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Um but being and, able to actually see the person's mind. Right. So there, yeah. there's something there that, that does transform the relationship. But for me as a viewer, and I think it never has... Like, if, if I can turn off the front half of that episode yeah. and accept yeah. that that's the spin, that's the yep. turn, yep. then I can accept everything after that, and I feel very comfortable with it. I think, um, you but, know... But, I'm not convinced that's quite enough for me. I think if they had started... So, I feel like my rate... Getting cart before the horse a little bit. I I think that my rating is going to be bolstered by the positive feelings that the people involved with telling the story have about this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
without that, I was not thinking that this was going to be a very well-rated episode for me um, by quite a by, by maybe quite a bit. I'm not. I wasn't sure about that part. But um, you know, armchair quarterback here. Uh, if that front part of the story, if even before the title cards, instead of having Carter knocked out, if instead Carter and Oren are actually successful. So, you know, so she's poking around, she's doing her thing, but imagine that Oren appears and she's like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And, and, you know, Oren approaches and maybe she thinks it's Oma Dasala because of the, of the way that it looks. And, you know, you know, Oren reaches out and Carter's willing to do it because she's, you know, this is alien exploration, right? Like, and she's a scientist. So, so here we go. And a connection happens and we're told in story that that connection was beautiful, that that connection was powerful, that it was life-changing, that there was, that there was understanding on both sides in a way that was profound. You know, you can literally just say that in story at the front end and bang, I'm there. Now, now when Oren like suddenly appears on earth, it's not like, you know, this, and you know, they were playing it up. They were doing that on purpose. It was, it was the, the camera shots of like uh, ominousness. That might be a piece of it too, Zach. They were trying to play up the tension at the first third of the episode with those shots, um, those ethereal shots, uh, and trying to make us guess if this was actually a threat or a, um, or or a, a friend. Right. But in doing that, it just set the thing up to be like Oren is misleading Carter. And of course, we quickly and appropriately for the most part pivot into no no, he wasn't trying to mislead her at all. This is a case of misunderstandings. Um but you know, I don't know if that translates that well in television. Yeah. And so then the, so the, the first yeah. the first portion of this episode was um kind of a horror quality to it. Yeah. Uh, which is great, you know, um, and and I, you know, totally approve of the idea of adding just a little bit of horror qualities because it's also it's shot very well for that. Yes. Um, I don't know if you noticed, you know, there's that one shot where she's brushing her teeth, and then uh, there's that shadow in the back room, and she almost sees it, and then she looks back again, and it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was actually Sean Patrick Flannery back there for that. Um, oh, which nice. is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, that's an aside, you know. So things like that. Uh, the way we finally, you know, the the weird uh, camera angle that that has, you know, the ascended being Orlin uh, looking at her and kind of following around her, mm-hmm. both in the house and on the planet. Mm-hmm. How he's introduced and just poof, he's there in a couple of different spots. All of those add to the creepy horror quality. Yeah. And then there's a pivot in the episode yeah. from creepy horror quality to uh, romantic comedy quality. Yeah, and 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 the the juxtaposition of those and the mm-hmm. smashing up together without something more to help make that middle. swing. Yep. Um, yep. Has never quite been enough. Yep. And I don't know what to do with that because either one of those parts by themselves work. Yep. Yeah, it's just that there's that translation in the middle there without something else. I see. Yeah, I completely agree. The, what I was basically advocating for just a minute ago was that, you know, keep it in the romantic part from the beginning. Sure. Don't sure. bring up that creepy horror part to try to ratchet the tension up. Just just, just leave it alone. Yeah. Um, and I think I think this would have been a lot smoother if they had done that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, without saying too much, mm-hmm. um, I also have to recognize that this is a significant point in the grand meta narrative. So we were going on and on and on about Mr. Creepy Dude, and we barely talked at all about a new major in the NID who's suddenly doing stuff with the, with the, with the SGC. Well, he was never with the NID per se. He was, um, oh, I'm talking, well, Reynolds. I'm talking Reynolds about Simmons. Was with, well, Simmons, he's a colonel, not a major. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what confused me. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got yeah. my reins wrong. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, he's, right. he's bad. I mean, and I believe it, but in this episode, I don't know it quite yet. He's, yeah, he's just, he's just there and he's, he's echoing that NID need of like, look, weapon alien duh why are we talking about this blow that weapon up i mean no make it go boom in the good way and capture that thing like that's that's the nid mantra make this go boom capture that thing it's emblazoned on their patch (laughs) yeah but we're yeah but we're not talking about it because we're talking about um this emotional baggage stuff that i got anyway yeah yeah well and and you also mentioned it um, briefly, the connection between um, between Oma de Sala and Orla, yes, um, you know, suffice it to say, um, that is a puzzle piece. It was, and it was just real. It was a, it was half a line, which is a great puzzle piece, I suppose. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, it may not be a satisfying puzzle piece. It's not I'll satisfying. That that's but, true. That's true. Um. So, you know, one of the things that, that I have to also contend with, and it'll probably affect my rating a little bit, is that, um, you know, like it or hate it, and, you know, you could argue the question that you could do this, could have done this in a different way, um, uh, but they didn't. They did it this way. And so this is an episode that is important. Yes. Gotcha. Um, Which... So, <sighs> boy that's good to know i'm gonna stick with my rating as it as it had evolved mm-hmm. but um yeah i'll just you know i'll give you a sneak peek i was not thinking i was not thinking that this was one that was really worth a person's time um yeah. and to hear that this is actually important doesn't shock me and to hear that the people involved with the storytelling really liked the storytelling that happened here doesn't shock me deeply um, and, and makes me feel better about this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for, for a while there, I was driving right at like, what, what is, what is the point of even the, like, you know, like there's a, there's a half a line in here that we're probably going to hear again later. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think this is probably a good time to pivot and actually get those chevrons chevron rating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Brent mm-hmm. Ascension out of seven yeah. chevrons, yeah. how many do you give it? So I was originally not feeling good. I was originally saying like, I don't know, is this like a three, maybe a two? Because it was it, it was really just kind of that blech, there in the middle. But, you know, there was a ton of little bits and bobs that I liked about it for sure. Lots of small things in there that I liked about it. And then hearing that the folks actually enjoyed creating the story and that Amanda Tapping won an award for the portrayal of the story. Like all this is actually making me feel a goodly bit better about it. I still though, like as we were talking, I think they needed to pick a side. Like it's either romantic or it's, or it's, or it's horror, but like this, this in the middle thing that didn't work for me at all. I'm going to give it four out of seven. 
technically over half. Um, yep. But that's with a full Chevron bump because everybody liked making this thing. Like I was originally aiming at a three, but sure. you know, four. Hearing that it's important may cause me to think more highly of it as time goes on. But at the moment, per the rules, I got to give you what my reaction is. My reaction is four. Yep. Absolutely. How about you? What do you think? So, um, so my brain has been all over the map sure. with this episode. Um, there are part of me that totally agrees with you that this, you know, the the creep factor, the <clears throat> the uh, stalker becomes my boyfriend storyline. Yes. <laughs> um, right. I mean, they're right? not. You know, I mean, to her credit. Sam routinely says, even late in the story, even after, you know, she kind of admits that she likes him a lot, um, is still saying there is no us. Yes. We don't have a future together. So, um, you know, I, I, so there's part of me that wants to go like a three, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And then I think about all the things that genuinely made me laugh. Yes. Or, or I'm like, Agreed. oh. Dang, that was good. Yes. There are these these beats that just really hit it. Yes. Um and then and then you've got where this places in the the grand story of things, which I know, um, which I can have affect my rating even though you yep. can't. Correct. Um and so when it's all said and done, I think uh, you know, I've just been bouncing all over the place. I think I'm going to finally land on a five. Yeah. Um I, I think that uh yeah i i just i think that's where it is it it's it's a complicated five there are some fives that are very simple yes you know i hear um, that yep and and there are others that are not so simple and this is one of those not so simple ones yep yep so, i can respect that for sure yep, yep. okay nice well shall we uh see what other people have to say yeah. about this episode I am I'm super about duper. Yes, I'm super interested to hear this. We'll st- yeah, we'll start with uh, Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. I have mixed feelings towards this episode. Uh-huh. I do like the introduction of John Delancia Simmons, even though, knowing what happens in future episodes, I'm not a fan of his character. Mm-hmm. But Simmons represents an additional internal threat to the Stargate program as opposed to an external threat like the Goa Wool, the Replicators, I love the extra dimension that bring that this brings to the show, i.e. the bigger the stakes are becoming and the bigger storylines, the more sides SG-1 now have to defend themselves from fight against. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with all of that, Jacqueline. I think that's, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I like the Simmons character, um, even if I don't like Simmons himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have issues with the writing in Ascension, however, especially with the team's interaction. They've had to face some weird stuff over the past four seasons, and yet mm-hmm. they don't believe Sam when she mm-hmm. says someone was in her house. And then, when she later has the opportunity to prove to O'Neill that there really is an alien in her house, she doesn't take it? I find it a weird yeah. and frustrating decision. I also find Orlin creepy and obsessive, which kind of puts a dampener on the episode for me. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. I'm going to say the introduction of Q will bump up your ratings, but I'm not <laughs> sure if this will rank as a favorite episode. So I'll say five chevrons for both of you. Super close. Super Dang. duper close. Well done. Thanks for the thoughts, too. Yes. Super, super great. Um, now we have Justin. Hi, Justin. The creep factor is seven out of seven. 
<laughs> Episode is three because uh, what are they going to do with a mail order titanium wormhole? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Amazon thought it was going to sell that. It went back to 2000. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, oh. Justin says Brent 5, Zach 5. Super so, close again. Super close, Justin. Well done. Oh, maybe we got one more. Okay. Oh, nope. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, emails. Yes. The first one comes from Caleb. Hi, Caleb. Ascension was kind of a weird episode. It seemed cool in the beginning to find advanced technology. Yes. Uh, in the beginning with the mystery of why it was different than the rest of the city. Then it got yes. a little creepy. Yes. It yes. was cool to see him build a mini Stargate. My only question was, since the gate he built was small... Where did it throw him out on the other side? In the middle, maybe? Uh, that would be a long fall. Yeah, it would be a long fall. That's a decent... Caleb, get, right? I have thought those same thoughts. <laughs> Whoa! Maybe they come um, out on the other side big and biggened. Well, he didn't. He came out on the side normal I know. Size. I know. I know. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he predicts that both of us will give it five out of seven. Dang, ever. people! Y'all are hitting it Everybody out of the park. Else for the bu- I mean, like five all things seven. considered. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Okay. And finally, we have David. David, Hi, David. says homemade Stargate encoding bias buffer. Yeah. Which is important. Okay. So he says important episode for Stargate mythology reason, as it canonizes Ascension, uh, the mm-hmm. others getting mm-hmm. kicked out from the others, their mm-hmm. non-interference policy, and making mm-hmm. connections to ideas and subjects that started several seasons ago. Um, it's also nice to have a Samantha Carter-centric episode, all yes. true things. It's just not a great episode. Good, important, but not great. Brent, mm-hmm. five chevrons for the concepts and trying to go for spooky, but a bit let down from the last two. <laughs> uh, Zach, five and a half chevrons, if mm-hmm. only just for the mythology of it all. Again. Well, you certainly got the really close. Uh, the shifting there, um, yep. but yeah, yeah. So those nice. are our predictions uh, for this week. Uh, yeah, I thanks think, everybody. Yeah, yeah. The, just the, the creepy factor of Orlin um, and how all that plays out. But there's lots of good things to work with too. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you very yes. much. Yes, super fun. I love that stuff. So yep. good. All right, Brent. Yeah. The next episode of Stargate SG-1, the fourth episode of season five, uh-huh. is called The Fifth Man. They had an opportunity to wait one more episode and make the fifth episode, the fifth man on the fifth episode of the fifth season, but they didn't take it. It's the fifth think, man, which is the fourth episode of the fifth season. Do you think they, do you think they originally scheduled it for the fifth? I have no idea. <laughs> and then they got it was a little okay. The fifth man. In any case, what is the fifth man about? The fifth man. Okay. <clears throat> Next time on Stargate SG One, the SG One team traveled through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. The world had been previously visited by a different Stargate team. However, the leader of the team was reported as dead, having been run over by, uh, from, from a, an alien, cra- I don't know, whatever, he's dead. The SG-1 team traveled to the gate, only to find that it is difficult to get clear answers about what's actually happening. You see, there's a body in that body bag, 
but it's too disfigured to tell. Whatever. Anyway, but then the mystery suddenly starts to happen because no one can tell them the right answer or the straight answer. The the earlier SG team seems to be contradicting themselves. When they talk to witnesses, there's even more different information. Round and round they go until in the middle, it's revealed. Leader isn't actually dead. What? They go right on a giant Ferris wheel. There's fantastic shadows throughout the city of Vienna while the third man turns into the fifth man. Yes, I am making a really old school cinema joke right now. Those of you who get it, get it. High fives. Join us next time on Stargate SG-1, the fifth man. Ah. It's a movie. It's a good movie. Sure. I recommend you watch it. Amongst the other things that I've recommended. Never mind. Indeed. Does it have Orson Welles in it? Does the fifth man have Orson Welles in it? No? No. No? Does it have um, Vienna in it? No. Is this this the part where I tell you that I forgot to download the trailer that David so kindly made for us? Yes. Okay. This is the part. I forgot to download the trailer, so I'm literally talking while I find the fifth man. There it is. And I pull the thing up, and I am ready to go. See I am worked? also ready to go. <laughs> I remembered to download said video. Well, good uh-huh. for you, Lottie Dosh. <laughs> <laughs> However, are you ready to watch? Yes, I I'm am hitting go now. Sir, receiving IDC. It's SG. Open the iris. Next time on Stargate SG One. Report, Major. We were attacked by several Jaffa. Lieutenant Tyler went down, covering our six, and Colonel O'Neill went back. Well, that's a symbol of rescue team. Return to the plane immediately, General Hammond. Hold on. Who's Lieutenant Tyler? Stranded on a remote world, Colonel O'Neill and Lieutenant Tyler wait for reinforcements. What do you mean, who's Lieutenant Tyler? He's a member of SG-1. What? Colonel. What? You could have made it to the gate. He came back for me. Tyler, sir, we've been training him for weeks. This was his third mission. Who is the mysterious Lieutenant Tyler? Colonel O'Neill and Lieutenant Tyler were cut off from the gate. I already told you, sir. And I'm telling you I've never heard of this Lieutenant Tyler. It's all next time on Stargate SG-1. What is going on? Wow! Holy cow! I get... Wow! That feels... that, That... Hmm... God, I got to wait a week to watch that. Holy cow. Yeah. That's, so, that looks tense and exciting. Yes. Yep. That, to that is the fifth man. The fifth man, Lieutenant Tyler. Lieutenant Tyler. That nobody knows. That, 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 that Presumably. That, 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 that SG-1 knows who exactly who they're talking about, but uh, Hammond's not so sure. Hammond? I'm excited to see that. Awesome. Yep. All right. Looking forward well, to that. thank you very much, David, for thank you, David. the promo. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, let us know what you think about uh, Ascension. Yes. And how this fits into all things. Uh, tell us where we got it right. Tell us where we got it wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, all that stuff. You can mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. get a hold of us by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. And, of course, on Facebook, we've got the Facebook page and Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget to... Uh, produce those one-minute audio videos talking about yes. how uh, you have experienced uh, in whatever manner you understand that to be uh, the 100th episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the season, 100th episode of the series. Of the series, yeah. 
which is coming up here in just a few episodes, uh, and email those to us, and we will get those into our show yeah. uh, for that awesome 100th episode. Looking so, forward to it. Until next time, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See ya next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.